Hello and welcome to English in Your Face, a podcast for the intermediate and advanced English student. My name is Peter Mandarasina, an English teacher and translator for the past 30 years. And today's podcast is on the ugly truth about the phrasal verb. Well, maybe not ugly. Well, I'll leave that for you to decide. I recommend that you listen and follow along with the script of this podcast located on englishinyourface.blog. This is what I'm going to talk about today. The difficulties that ESL students have when listening to native speakers. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the anatomy of phrasal verb and some phrasal verb history. Then we're going to get down to business with the two main types of phrasal verbs, the two-word phrasal verb and the three-word phrasal verb. And then which phrasal verbs take objects and which ones don't. And then where to put the object, if there is one. So I teach a lot of professionals, especially doctors. When they go to congresses, they always tell me that they understood almost everybody when they spoke English. People from Italy, China, Spain, Germany, Scandinavia. But once an American or a British guy got up there, they didn't understand a thing. Now, there are several reasons uh, for this. Native speakers tend to speak very quickly and pronounce clearly. People are always more careful with their second and third languages than they are with their original language. Regional accents can confuse an English language student. I once taught a Spanish doctor for a few years in preparation for his three-month rotation in Texas. The day after he got there, he called me and said, What language have you been teaching me? I don't understand anything these people are saying. Yeah, well, a Texas accent is a lot different from my East Coast New York accent. If he had wound up in the Deep South where they pronounced their vowels by drawing them out, he probably would have paid to have me assassinated. Another reason for difficulty in understanding native speakers is locutions. You know, these figures of speech, things that you say that are metaphorical. For example, don't pull my leg, which means don't joke with me. Every language has them. One of my favorites in Spanish is no montes el pollo. If you try to translate that directly into English, it means don't ride the chicken. <laughs> the translation is closer to don't create a scene or don't create a fuss or don't create a ruckus. So when you come across these things, be careful. A direct translation can sound ridiculous. Maybe someday I'll do a podcast on some of these expressions. I think that would be a lot of fun. But I guess the most important difference between international English and Native American and British English is the phrasal verb. That little two or three part verb that native English speakers use every day. The anatomy of a phrasal verb. Phrasal verbs are usually made up of an Anglo-Saxon verb, a verb that comes from Anglo-Saxon via German rather than Latin, 
An easy test for if a verb comes from German or Latin is that if it is easily translated from a Romance language into English, it's probably Latin-based. The word receive, for example, comes from Latin and easily translated into recibir in Spanish and recivere in Italian. But take the word give. In Spanish, it's dar, and in Italian, it's dare. In German, it's geben. You see, the word give is closer to German in sound than the Romance languages. The second part of a phrasal verb is a particle, which is just a fancy way of saying a preposition, such as in, out, away, up, down, etc. Since it's not functioning as a preposition, it's called a particle. It's actually functioning as an adverb, if you really want to know. An example would be get up, where up is actually an action and not a preposition. We can see a similar use of prepositions as adverbs in participle adverbs, as in the sentence, the doctor is in where in is actually modifying the verb to be. And what do we call words that modify verbs? That's right, adverbs. A bit of history. Phrasal verbs were not used in very old English. Rather, some prepositions were prepended to verbs, meaning that they were attached to the verb at the beginning. Examples of words today which come from Old English that have the preposition in front of the verb are forbidden, forget, and forever. Phrasal verbs started to take off around the time of early modern English and were mostly used by playwrights and other creative writers, like Shakespeare, while academia continued to use the Latin-derived verb. Now, there are two main types of phrasal verbs. The two-word phrasal verb and the three-word phrasal verb. Three-word phrasal verbs are composed of an Anglo-Saxon verb, a particle, and a prepositional phrase, and therefore always take an object. Here are some of the most common ones. Come up with something means to think of a plan. I need to come up with an idea for a new podcast. To look down on someone is to disdain or to scorn someone or to consider someone not as good as you. That guy is such a snob, he looks down on anyone who doesn't make as much money as he does. Look up to someone means to respect someone. When I was a little boy, I always looked up to my grandfather. He always seemed to have all the answers. To cut down on something means to do less of something. If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to cut down on sugar. To get along with someone means to have a friendly relationship. I get along with all of my students except one. And you know who you are. <laughs> to get rid of something or someone means to be free of something you don't want. I need to get rid of my old car. It's in the shop every month with one problem or another. And one last one. To run out of something means to have no more. 
I had to run to the store at 6 o'clock in the morning because I ran out of milk and I need my coffee. Now let's talk a little bit about two-word phrasal verbs. There are two main types of two-word phrasal verbs. Ones that take an object and ones that don't take an object. Phrasal verbs that take an object are called transitive phrasal verbs. The ones that don't take an object are called intransitive phrasal verbs. Now, some phrasal verbs can be both transitive or intransitive, but the meaning will change. Intransitive phrasal verbs. As I just said, intransitive phrasal verbs do not take an object. Here are some uh, examples of common intransitive phrasal verbs. Wake up, which means to finish sleeping. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. To get up. Well, after you wake up, you get up or you get out of bed. I wake up at 5 a.m., but I don't get up right away. Take off is when a plane leaves the ground. It's the opposite of to land. My flight was delayed, so we didn't take off until 7 p.m. Grow up is to grow from a child to an adult. I was born in Queens County, New York, but I grew up in Manhattan. Get by is to have or give just enough or to survive. He's the laziest person I know. He does just enough work to get by. Many families in the United States have to get by on only $10,000 a year. To show up means to appear in a place. When I was 17, my friends gave me a surprise party and 100 people showed up. And one last one, to shut up is usually used as a command to make people stop talking. Bob, you are complaining too much. Shut up and do your work. Now let's work a little bit with uh, transitive phrasal verbs. There are two different kinds of transitive phrasal verbs, separable and inseparable. For example, look after is an example of an inseparable phrasal verb. A very nice lady looks after my dog while I am on vacation. The object will always come after the two parts of the inseparable phrasal verb. Now there are more options with separable phrasal verbs. Figure out is an example of a separable phrasal verb. The object of a separable phrasal verb can appear in three different places. After both parts of the phrasal verb, I figured out the problem. Between the two parts of the phrasal verb, I figured the problem out. And the pronoun can go between the two parts of the phrasal verb. I figured it out. What you cannot do is put the pronoun after the two parts of the phrasal verb, which means you cannot say, I figured out it. It would always be, I figured it out. Okay, here are some examples 
of common inseparable phrasal verbs. Get on or get off. We get on and off large forms of transportation like buses, boats, and planes. I got on the bus at 5th Avenue and 14th Street and got off at 59th. Run into someone or something is to meet someone by accident or to crash into something. I was taking a walk in Central Park and guess who I ran into? Bill Clinton. Bob lost control of his car and ran into a tree. Thank God he was wearing his seatbelt. He wasn't seriously injured. To count on means to depend upon a thing or a person. When I was a young man and needed money, I could always count on my mom to help me out. Don't count on that car to get you around much longer. It looks like it's on its last legs. To get over is to finish with an illness, a death, a breakup, a divorce, and their effects. For example, it takes about two weeks to get over the flu. He never got over his divorce, and he became a lonely, bitter old man. Take after is to have similar behavior to someone usually apparent. Mary looks like her mother, but the way she walks and talks, she takes after her father. Now here are some examples of common separable phrasal verbs. Remember, we can put the object in three different places. After the two parts of the phrasal verb, between the two parts of the phrasal verb, and also with the pronoun between the two parts of the phrasal verb. All right, so here's the first one. To put on means to wear. For example, it was cold outside, so I put on a heavy sweater. Or you could say, I put a heavy sweater on. Or you could say, I put one on. Remember that the pronoun of an indefinite article, a sweater, a book, a table, is one, not it. The pronoun for a definite article, the book, the pen, the table, is it. So, I put one on, a heavy sweater. Okay, the next one is take off, means to remove something, as in your clothes. It was warm inside my house, so I took off my heavy sweater. And of course, you can do the same thing we did with put on, after, between, and pronoun between, right? To figure out is to arrive at an answer or a solution. I can't figure out how this computer works. I can't figure it out. To find out is to look for and find information about something. I need to find out what my schedule is next week. Who should I speak to? You don't know when the next train leaves? Can you find it out? To pick up means to get or retrieve something or to go and get something. I wanted to pick up my laundry at the dry cleaners on Friday, but they were closed, so I had to go back on Monday to pick it up. 
Okay, well, to sum up, learning phrasal verbs is complicated. There are literally thousands of them. However, learning them can become quite a bit less complicated if you know the types and the most important ones to remember. So in this presentation, we've talked about two kinds of phrasal verbs, the three-word phrasal verb and the two-word phrasal verb. Two-word phrasal verbs have two types, intransitive phrasal verbs, which do not take an object, and transitive phrasal verbs, which take an object. Within the transitive phrasal verbs, there are two kinds, inseparable and separable. Inseparable phrasal verbs always have the object or the pronoun after the two parts of the phrasal verb. Separable phrasal verbs can be used in three different ways, with the object after the two parts of the phrasal verb, or with the object between the two parts, or with the pronoun between the two parts, However, you can't put the pronoun after. I've also included what I consider to be the most important phrasal verbs in this presentation. I hope that this podcast inspires you to look further into the ugly truth about phrasal verbs. And that's all for today. You have been listening to English in Your Face, a podcast for the intermediate and advanced English speaker. Remember to check out my blog, englishinyourface.blog, where you can find this recording and a full transcript of the podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can send an email to peter at englishinyourface.blog. And until next time, I'm out of here.